at dark black one at dark black one on Twitter. Um, man, you know, I've just been thinking a lot, man. I've been thinking a lot. Um, one thing that really changed me was Nipsey Hussle's death. And I know that's March 31st and we're, we're right at July right now. But, uh, you know, that was a tough loss. That right there kind of, I don't know what that did, man, but that really changed a lot of things for, for me. Um, my interests, I had to recalculate everything. I had to recalculate. It's like, if you go on, if you, if you cut on your location and you cut on your Waze app and you put a destination and you get rerouted. I mean, that's exactly what that death did to me. And even though I didn't, I did not personally know Nipsey Hussle. It's just something about that death, man really had me thinking what's really important you know what's really important and I, that's the question that I've been asking myself ever since that ever since that death I've been asking myself what's really important right because I look at his life and to me, he did everything the right way. You know, some people can condemn him for being a gangbanger, being a gang member, whatever the case. But in my opinion, he lived his life the right way. He did the right thing. Uh, many black people, many black men have turned their back on the communities that they came out of. And it sparked a debate amongst the black community because you had a lot of black men who were successful, like Deion Sanders, like Luke Campbell, like, um, I mean, just people out here that have made a little bit of money, got a little bit of change, and they've been able to move to a sundown town or a place where affluent people are. And there's a little bit of that bootstrap mentality inside of them. And I think Nipsey Hussle, despite having a, hey, look, I got to grind. I got to get my shit. I got to try to flip whatever hustle I got into making more money and becoming bigger than what I am. There was always this, 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 this thing where he he lived with pur with purpose, and you know his death had me just really reexamining and recalculating my route, man. Because, um, you know, I look at life, man, and I look at black manhood, what it's come to, where it's going. And I feel like, man, there's just there's just not a. I just feel like there's a lot where it's, it's just a not a long list of 
strong black men who are race conscious, who kind of know who they are, who kind of understand white supremacy, who kind of understand the way the system is rigged and understand what it takes for us to get out the situation that we're in. There are so few people that you have contact with on a daily basis that are black who fully understand the system of white supremacy. It's almost frustrating to a point. And, you know, when I when I got into starting to realize who I was as a person. When I started to realize that, man. Okay, I need to start listening to different personalities on YouTube. I need to start reading more books about history and learning who I am as a person and where my ancestors have been. You know, so I started getting into the woke crowd and start getting into the woke thing. And. But it's just something about that death, man, like even after figuring out. Who we are as a people that just felt like a major blow, like if like how black people felt when Malcolm X got taken out, like how black people felt when, um, you know, Tupac got taken out, how black people felt when Martin Luther King got taken out. This is this is just basically how I feel, man. Like, I feel like that was a significant loss in my life. Like, I will be talking about this shit. Uh, up until the day that I pass away to the heart stops and I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? And my kids are still here. I'm going to be talking about that death to my grandkids. If I'm here, if I'm if I live long enough to see my grandkids, you know, um, but it just has me thinking like, man, I, 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 I've, I've been reading, I've been on this thing where I've been trying to read so many books. I've been trying to read books. Because one of the things that I noticed with after the death was I was recalculating my route and I was saying, yeah, I'm, I'm woke and I'm, I see this and I understand white supremacy and this and this and that. But I was falling off of my reading. I wasn't reading as much. You know, I had goals beforehand where I was reading so many books. I was reading so many books. And then I got to a thing where I slowed down. So now I'm I'm less into um, social media and I'm more into trying to figure out what can I do with my time? What really counts? How can I better myself? What is it that what is it out here? It's got to be more. It's got to be more. That's that's what I learned about Nipsey's death. It's like it's got to be more, man. It's got to be more. You know, because to take a loss like that, it ju- it just it just something about that. Because out of all of these books that I read, there's just not too many black men that are in these books that are successful. I'm reading a lot of athlete books with athletes, and I learned a lot about a- Andre Iguodala. Um, I can't say I purchased his book, but I got access to his book through an application that I have where it's like you kind of have a library card and I kind of reserved it before it came out. So when it came out, 
I was first in that line. I read his book um, or listened to his audio book. And I and I realized that he's a race conscious person, too. He's a person that understands black history and he's into black consciousness. And I and actually listening to Andre Iguodalo talk. I wasn't quite sure, you know, but after listening to the book, I'm like, wow, OK, I see that he's cut from that cloth. I see that he's cut from the cloth of, you know, these black men who kind of understand where we are and where we have to go. And it's just. It's sad. Sometimes I get really upset and sometimes I get really frustrated because there's just not too many, too many black people. Not just black men, but but I say black men because we're supposed to be the leaders of the pack. We're supposed to be the leaders who are um, showing. Who are showing the next group of men, you know, the way to go. We're supposed to be showing the other the next group of men, the next generation of men. Um, you know what it takes and, and who they are as a person, we're supposed to be teaching them. We're supposed to be giving game to them so they get their game together. And I feel like, man, a lot of a lot of black people are just lost. They don't want to if you tell them something that's, hey, look, you know, go read this book, go do this, go try to wake up, go do this, go research that most nine out of 10 black people would just be like, "Nah, you on some whole tap shit. I'm not trying to hear that. I'm not trying to listen to that. That's that black shit. It's like nobody wants to hear you. But you talk about some gossip. You talk about some some nonsense that's trending on Twitter. It's like, oh, now you can get black people to talk. But when you start talking about black economics, you start talking about how we got to recycle the black dollar. You start talking about, look, this is what it's going to take for us to get out of our um, situation. It's like nobody want nobody black wants to hear you with the exception of a few. You know, I'm not saying all, but it's just disappointing to see the state of so many black people in general, but black men, you know, um, just it's not a black male bashing show, but I'm just saying there's not many of us. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast. You're not the person I'm talking about, but I'm just saying in general, most black men that you run across don't have a a race conscious mindset. And you can see it just by talking to them, you know, women that they like, women that they date. I was listening to a audio book by Jay Williams and Jay Williams had said. Oh, I know that people may think that I'm an Uncle Tom and I'm dating a white girlfriend right now. And then I checked online. He's married to a white woman. And he said. He said that basically who I marry is not a political statement. And I'm like, how is that not? (laughs) I mean, that's the most political. That's the most political thing you could do is marry somebody. I mean, that's the most political thing that you could do. So I I just um, I listened to that and I says he's not the only one. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of 
And the thing is, I don't have any issue with interracial dating. If um, you're a person that's like, hey, I'm not a race conscious person. I'm not really about my people. I'm a humanist or I'm this and that. I'm really not. a. Okay, this is not really directed towards you. But a lot of times I just see that, man, we got a long way to go as black people. We got to start focusing our start focusing on what what really matters at this point. You know, we we can go online and we can see the police kicking our ass. We can see um, the environmental racism that you got going on in Flint. And even I heard something on Gus T. Renegade's show, the context of white supremacy, where. A caller called in and he said that some place, I believe in Chicago or near Chicago, was they tested the water and the water had lead. So, I mean, this stuff, this type of stuff that's going on in the world. I just listened to a book that talked about 400 things that cops know about the streets. And this guy was just saying all kinds of dog whistle bad shit about black people. It's basically like a white supremacist race soldier manifesto. And I was listening to all of the dog whistling terms and stuff like that. And I'm just like, man, you know, it's so many things. It's so much stuff in the world where if you're not conscious, if you're not trying to read books, even the books that of authors that you may not agree with, if you just read in books and you just get information, it's so much information out here that will wake you up. And will get put you on a whole nother level. It's fucking YouTube videos that can show you how to how to protect your family, show you how to get a gun and show you how to how to properly shoot a gun, how to do all of this. It's teach you how to speak a different language, teach you how to cook, teach you all kinds of skills. And I just feel like, man, where we at, where we at, where we're at as like mentally, it's just like, man, you know, we only make up so-called 13% of the population, but mentally, I feel like a lot of us, we don't, we're not willing to figure out what really matters. I just saw something um, where they said that Tyler Perry had came out and said, look, I had to put on a dress. Because that was just going to be the way that I had to feed my, I mean, I was the only way I was going to become a star. It's kind of like putting on that dress and becoming Medea. So I'm not going to speak bad about Tyler Perry. I feel like Tyler Perry, he puts a lot of money into black people's pockets. He takes people who, who Hollywood doesn't see as attractive, right? He'll take somebody that's dark skinned. And, and he, it's a female that's dark skinned, beautiful, something like you've never seen before. And she's an American woman. She's ADOS. He'll take her and he'll put her on the screen. He'll take an overweight, dark skinned woman and make and give them a lead and give them a, a, a lead on the show. He'll take a, uh, somebody who's not who doesn't fit the Hollywood script and he'll give them a shot. So I won't shit on I won't shit on um, Tyler Perry. I think before I was kind of shitting on him, but I'm just saying that when 
you have a mentality of I'll put on a dress to do this and do that, knowing that black people are being portrayed a certain way on television. Right. We knowing that, you know, every time you turn on the television, most black actors are playing a criminal or they're playing some kind of thug or they're playing some kind of drug addict or they're playing some kind of abuser. That's the only time you get awards when you're a crooked cop, when you're doing some kind of corruption or you're a gangbanger. This is the only time you see black men the way or you see black men uh, like uh, was that Moonlight or Twilight or what's that? Yeah. Moonlight. The one that won awards with the LGBTQ, it took off. And when you're seeing when you're seeing films where the black man is either a monster or he's really effeminate, there's no middle ground. There's no kind of way he could be a hero or he's got to be a slave. It's, I mean, all of these things that you see on television as a black man, at what at what point? At what point? What is enough? When is enough enough? When it, when do you say? When do you be like Dave Chappelle and you say, no, I'm not putting on a dress. There's a certain amount of integrity that I'm going to have for my people where I'm not going to look a certain way. Right. And I feel like. You know, a lot of a lot of a lot of us have escaped. Reality and we've we want to live in an alternative reality where things like this shouldn't even matter. Right. Like. Why should it really matter what I decide to wear? If I want to put on a dress and I think that that's I think that that's cool that I I think that I want to put on a dress because it's going to make me money. I'm just saying at what point do you say, OK, I mean, how low do I go? What's what's my limit? You know, if after putting on a dress. Will I do a will, will I do some kind of favor if it's going to give me money? At what point do you have integrity for your people and you say, you know what, I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that. And I I read books from from um, that are based in a in a time where racism was more blatant, racism was more apparent. There was no hiding from it. Uh, back in Muhammad, Muhammad Ali's era, back in Malcolm X's era, Farrakhan lived through that era. But around that around that era, you knew where you stood as a black person. So when some of these people that act wokeity woke and act like, hey, I'm I'm super woke and I know this, the buzzwords and the buzz slangs. I'm not I'm not my grandmother. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Racism was right there in your face. There was nowhere to hide. You have Brown versus Board of Education. You had you had a lot of white people that were out here protesting. I just my last podcast, I just did a a, a, um, a review of some YouTube, some YouTube documentary that was from the early 70s talking about Rosedale the way it is and people weren't hiding it back then they just weren't you know racism was right there smack dab in your face it was more so in your face than 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 how it is right now because right now you just have a viral clip 
here and there is right there for you to see because it's viral. You know, you have all of this trauma porn that's on the Internet and these viral clips. But I'm saying back then it was everywhere. It was on the job. It was at your kid's school. It was while your kids was walking back home from school. It was your wife while she was trying to go to work. And she had a white boss that may have said inappropriate things to your wife, but she is nothing she could have done because she was a black woman, you know, and it was no kind of women, women's rights. It's all kinds of bullshit that they went through back then that right now, okay, we, we don't, we don't have to face that. So I'm saying like, they had a sense of who they were. They knew, hey, this dude's a coon. This dude's a sellout. This dude's Uncle Tom. This guy's a Sambo. This is a soul brother over here. They was looking at Muhammad Ali. They were saying, this is a soul brother right here. They were looking at Muhammad, I mean, um, Malcolm X. They were like, this is a soul brother. They were looking at H. Rap Brown. They were saying, this is a soul brother. They kind of knew who the coons were. They, I mean, it was, they called it out too. I'm saying we got away from that. We got away from integrity. I, I, I sometimes sit down and I say, man, I know that Nipsey Hussle, he, he was part of that. He was cut from that cloth. He was cut from that cloth. Whereas a black man, you have to have integrity. There has to be a line that you have where you say, well, no, I don't think this. I don't agree with this. I don't agree with that. And that's why a lot of LGBTQ had issue with uh, Nipsey Hussle. But Nipsey Hussle was telling the truth. Look at the way that black men are portrayed on television. See, this isn't this isn't even up for debate. Look at what's plat. Uh, what's uh, every time you cut on the YouTube? Look at the show that they promote. Some something where black men are either just being some kind of sexual it's some kind of sexual project or they're going to be some kind of aggressor or thug or drug addict or some kind of abuser this is the stuff that gets promoted there's it's, it's, it's no it's no nothing out here where you see strong black men and that's not to say that nipsey was the last strong black man that died but i'm just saying that it's rare that you have celebrities who are out there that stand for something that have integrity and i i i i look sometimes at the state that we're in it's like what what's what really matters you have to ask yourself what really matters what really counts Look at the way that life, look at the way that black people are portrayed. Look at the way where black people, you know, look at where we're at. And you have to just keep it real, man. You got to keep it on it and say, look, right now we just, we're focused on a lot of bullshit. We're not focused on things that really matter. Ask yourself what really matters. Because a lot of us, we don't want to hear the truth. We just want to just, I don't know, man, dance or gossip or 
get on Instagram and get it popping. And it's a flaw that's going to run us into our demise, man, because so many things are being promoted. You know, when's the last time you seen a dark-skinned man and a dark-skinned woman be portrayed on television with, uh, you know, dark-skinned kids? When's the last time you've seen that, man? I think I think it was Family Matters. I may be mistaken. But just a normal family, man. You don't see that. What you see is a black woman with a white man, a black man with a white woman. You see... Uh, I just was watching some shit with called Dave and Ava on YouTube where... There's a white father and there's a black, I guess, stepmother and there's two white kids. And I get it. They don't want the kids to be color struck and whatever. They, they kind of want to mix it up. But I'm just saying, what's ultimately the message that you see? It's like you can, we can't have a black family and blackish. Uh, blackish, I don't really I don't really. I don't really know what to say. There's a lot of people on that show who are racially ambiguous, but they get counted as black because of the one drop rule. There isn't really like a, I don't know. You know, the way that they address topics, I wouldn't say is the most productive, especially when you're dealing with, uh, Especially when you're dealing with serious topics or racism. There's not, that's really not too much humor and racism. And I feel like that's, uh, that's one of the things with blackish. They're trying to make everything like a punchline or joke. And I don't really, you know, some, some topics aren't meant to laugh or be funny, funny about so, I really wouldn't count blackish. But what I'm trying to say is, man, you have to be cognizant, man. You got to be aware of what really matters. What really matters. And I hate that this uh, podcast is long today, but it was really on my mind and I had to get this off. And I'm out.